Good morning and a happy Friday to you folks. It is a fabulous Friday today, and today is a day to be grateful for the different personalities that surround you in your life. Think of what an awesome opportunity you have every single day to work with the many personalities that life has to offer, the spice of life, if you will. Think of your team. Think of your workplace team or even your home life team. Boy, you got some personalities in your house, let me tell you. At least we do here. And think of your team at the office. Every single person has a unique and interesting personality that makes your day-to-day life more fun and more productive. Sure, it can be a little bit challenging at times, but that's where the growth happens. That's where the evolution if you will, happens as well. So as you enter into this weekend, think of how transitional energy works in that way. How transitional energy from your workplace into your home life by harnessing all those different personalities into positive energy. Just like a football coach tailors their game to their players. And me personally, I get excited when I think of the opportunity I get to learn about the different personalities of the people I work with and the different personalities and changing personality of my teenage son, how grateful I am for the opportunity to get to learn and be a part of that personality and life. Folks, that is transitional energy I can get behind any day of the week. Now, I want to get this Friday going because it's Friday, Friday, Friday. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. the crew time morning show play hard work hard my name is jason spies that is sterling hello friday 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 Friday. finally friday gotta love friday man i got a busy weekend ahead of me yeah i was gonna say friday isn't really as much relief for you right now it's more like it's just one day closer to more stuff to do (laughs) we're we're having kind of our test run here folks our dress rehearsal in the half-done industrial forest studio. We kind of got the shell up. No, it's looking good so far. We yep. decided to not put on the uh, roof. Not yet. And there is a roof. Well, we're, we're already indoors. Roof, 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 roof. See, it's our frackleberry hound. Right. <laughs> got to strap her up there. Coco's over here today, the neighbor. Yeah. With the girls next door. Jason's so. kind of a sucker for girls with dogs or dogs with girls. You know what? The old... Stereotype is that a man with a dog meets women. Mm-hmm. Guess what? A woman with dogs meets men. Meets men who so, will watch her dog while she goes to the store. And mow their lawn <laughs> and whatever else they ask, too. So, yeah. hey, folks, welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. This is the play hard portion of play hard, work hard. Coming up in the second half of the program, very good interview. Ooh. Ooh. I would even say great. Great. Oh, it's because it's got some juice in it. Juice, like, oh, yeah. like red meat? Like gossip. Oh. Or bossip. Oh. Isn't that what we, what we call about? Bossip? When you're bossip? gossiping about your boss? Bosses, yeah. When, okay. when you gossip about bosses. Okay. Bossip. That can be a career-limiting move, but I'm all about it. Let's do it. So we, uh, well, the North Dakota legislature just got done. See, we had the oh. Texas legislative session. Right. Jason Modulin. Joined us to give us an update. Well, they still have a couple weeks left, mm-hmm. so I didn't realize that. 
I didn't even realize North Dakota's was done. That's why I get the updates so that we can bring them out to you folks. So are they, have they got like a little more pep in their step because summer vacation's almost here for them and so they're get all excited? This. Are you ready for I'm this? Ready. What is the one thing that I've been rather snarky about? <laughs> Jeez. Cried over spilled milk out of this legislative <sighs> session that I've been paying attention to is the uh, Legacy Fund Entrepreneurship yes. Connection. Okay. yes. Well, I'm not the only one. Are you ready for this? Yeah, hit me. Former governor, Ed Schaefer, who also is the former board member of Continental Resources. Okay. Same camp as Jason Spies. Whoa. Came out and said, whoa, this legacy fund is not being used what it was yeah. intended to be. I was there when we set it up. What is it, like $4 billion for it? I don't know. It's, I mean, it's something, it's like, I didn't think we had that much money in the state. Spoiler alert. Ready? So, because we've already done the interview with Dustin. Okay. Dustin Goverlow with the North Dakota Watchdog Network. He calls them buckets. 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 North, North Dakota creates buckets to put money in. Okay. Because then they can give it out to their usual suspects or whatever. Uh. But, so this, the uh, what they've done is they've passed legislation that has created things that were on the way to become, if not already sustainable, mm-hmm. meaning that you put $100 in, well, you make $5 in interest a year, so you only use the $5 to spend, right? right. That's sustainable. Yep. They did away with that in several areas because I asked them, I said, well, it seems to me like they went away from sustainability, mm-hmm. like with investment accounts, with energy, with, yeah. and he's like, bingo. And there's three different examples he names. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So good stuff coming yeah, up in the second the, half that's, of this program. That is the, juicy, man. In the work hard portion. That's juicy. Well, stuff. he's North Dakota Watchdog Network. Okay. He's paid to be juicy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the job description. I mean, that's why we love having him on. If you want to listen to PC, go listen to Jason Modulin. He's paid to be PC. Right. We need both. Yeah, it's nice to have both sides, both that's perspectives, all I look at right? It. Yeah. Yeah, we're somewhere in the middle or down below the crazy part. Well, some other stuff we have going on here, of course. Countdown to Williston. I got to have a piece of paper. Yeah, so much. he likes to crinkle things. So much going on. So we've got the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference coming up next week and all kinds of things happening. And speaking of Continental Resources, we're in communique with Continental Resources. We've been denied Harold Ham. He's not doing interviews. <laughs> but we are going to get someone. Okay. And and some a new person in Continental has been CC'd. Oh, okay. We now have five people CC'd on an email. All right. So we're floating around the between internal. Between the crude life and between Continental Resources, <laughs> we got five people CC'd to get one person interviewed. Hey, man. That's fine. That's <laughs> viral, right? We get in there and we infect. I think this is, this is going to be a real time when yeah. shit falls through the cracks, right? Uh, I thought he was going to. I thought she was going to. Right. right? And you'll hear back from somebody in 30 years. It's like when you call uh, 911 in a small town and nobody shows up, and then the police chief shows up with the Hardee's bag, and he's like, well, I thought you were going to get that. Yeah, I that. thought you guys were uh, on that, man. I was on Hardee's duties. Uh, <laughs> you got coffee, right, Bob? Hey, chief. Okay. Okay, so what else do we got here? That's coming up next week. A lot happening, so we're going to be doing uh, some shows from... Our Live industrial forest studios. From the studio, in the studio. 
a studio within. There's all kinds of different people coming and going, and Jenica's going to be running around doing remote, important interviews. Sean Forbes and I are going to be right down on the floor doing some play hard portions of the show you might be stopping by if you yep. can get if i can get free i'm gonna come by and can, steal all the free stuff by the way update on the electric car oh all right wait, folks, wait. are you are you ready for another <laughs> this, episode this of as the tesla turns <laughs> no it should be as the tesla it's an burns. audi it's an audi ev okay okay so i don't know what the name of the audi ev is but i think we got to call it as the tesla turns but as the Audi turns, but <laughs> oh, her poor husband that drives a big diesel rig. Uh-huh. You know, he's just, he's so... That's right, because didn't she go out and buy it? <laughs> he, calls, right? he calls me yesterday. <laughs> okay, so folks, in Fargo, North Dakota, I don't know if you know this or not, but Fargo, North Dakota is considered one of the most important cities in the United States. I always thought so. True story. For what? Because we've got two interstates that intersect in the middle of the country. So not only are we a geographical land center, so we're far away from missiles. So there's a lot of shit buried all over. Right. You know, the, the, uh-huh. the North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota. There's okay. all kinds of Canada up there. All kinds of stuff buried, you know. Cool. We should go digging. But we've got uh, I-94 mm-hmm. and I-29 that intersect right between Fargo. Yeah. So that means hydrogen filling stations, electric filling stations, mm-hmm. transload stations, off-road stations, Bypasses. you name it. Anything to do with transportation and goods and services, because we have the rail, the river, and a few things, and our river doesn't even really get used. No, uh-uh. but because too, too many bends and stuff yeah. in there. But Mississippi's close. The yep. Mississippi's real close. Stones throw away. So because we have all the, and even the Great Lakes, you know, the the uh, uh, Lake Superior is five hours away. So we've got barge, you know, but but basically the interstates, right? Yeah. All right. So we've got superchargers. We have we rated superchargers. Our electric company in Fargo on the south side is Cass County Electric. They're known as a monopoly. Yeah. All right. Well, they are. Oh, yeah. But I, I give them all my money. It's an approved. Are you a provider? Okay. I grew up in North Fargo. We had Excel. Yeah. No, I've Excel got Excel Energy Cass. was down into Colorado and yeah. Minnesota and Iowa. So uh, Cass County Electric, that's the uh, Southside Monopoly. Yep. And they've got a supercharging station there. Okay, it would make sense, right? You yeah. plug right into the power it's company. Right there, man. You can't get any more mm-hmm. supercharged, turbocharged than that with your <laughs> another episode of As the Tesla Turns, except it's an Audi. It's except as an Audi. So he goes, All right. We dropped off the car, went and ran to Menards, so they went and ran errands. Okay. So they plugged it in, right? They plugged it in. Drove their car in from Horace. Horace yeah. is what? 10 miles outside of yeah, town at maybe, the end of the day? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is, sure. you know, when you start actually going through the, the, the right. map. Well, yeah. So they drive 10 miles. I'm sorry. It was eight. This is an No, it was six. Okay. Was this, six. Is, this, this is, is an important, important distinction. This, this is important. important. It was six. Okay. It was six. Okay. We're down to six. So they drove six miles to plug in their Audi EV. Wow. Okay. And their very nice extra square footage house with... Extra square footage. <laughs> extra, with hey. an extra garage. 
All right, so <laughs> they go run errands for a couple hours. Hour and a half, I think he said. Hour and a half, they plug in the car. They get back 12%. Ooh. 12% charge at the supercharging station. They drove home. They netted 10 miles because it was 16 miles. They drove six. Mm-hmm. So they two hours, basically, to charge and drive. She got 10 miles of net drive time if the elements are good. It's about the journey, man. It's not the destination. <laughs> They're having some interesting conversations I at bet. their house. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So he, oh, now what did he do? Well, because call Uber. <laughs> oh, I found out her friend's a car salesman. Oh. Her friend talked her into it, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this is not just a cheap impulse. This is a $60,000 So what did so-and-so say about this? Blank stare. Dong. Of course, none of the none of the economics were talked about before this thing was no, uh, was was purchased. No. So anyway, I I said, you know what? I would just start researching government grants. You're going to make money on this before the year's probably. Done. And that's what he said. He goes, "You're probably right. Yeah. I think I'm going to do that." So there's another episode of as the Tesla turns <laughs> of real time. Oh, they are they, man. They're like writing it off. They're, they're looking at this yeah. is like a, it's a luxury car now that you drive. Yeah, it's like the Mercedes Benz you bring out once a year, <laughs> it's right? The, it's the bottle of wine you bring out once a year for oh, the anniversary. Jeez, or the the fine china, you know, when the when the in laws. Oh, see, now I want to remember that article we were talking about the other day and the number of people that were given up total EVs like and hybrids. Yeah, year. it sounds like they're fall, They're going to fall into that eighteen to twenty percent. We should keep tabs on them because we actually know them oh, and find we, out I'm thinking what this happens. is going to turn into a book of a segment. I, I mean, I got to get a, the typewriter out here and <laughs> typewriter. As, as the Tesla turns because this is some, <laughs> although it's an Audi. <laughs> I like that. Oh, it's, uh, we got always like sure. Denny's myself. Well, Tesla's taken over like Xerox did and yeah. like Kleenox or posted, the Kleenex you know, it's the, Absolutely. It's the, the name, whatever that term is. I forget yeah. what that term is. There's We're, an actual term for when the, we, the we brand, it all in. yeah, the brand takes over for the new yeah. technology or the term like Xerox is clear. Kleenex, Kleenex, Kleenex and Xerox brand. are the two because yeah. uh, Xerox is actually called a copy, mm-hmm. a photo copy. But we call it a Xerox copy. And that has kind of gone away. Yeah. Okay. But that took 20 years, 30 years. Uh, Kleenex still, I don't know, tissue. Do people call it tissue paper? Oh, called a Kleenex, man. Coming up in June, you ready for this? Oh, by the way. Or a snot rag. We've got a lot ha- happening at the uh, Williston Basin Conference. There's 30-some CEOs that are going to be there. It sounds like uh, John Hoven, U.S. Senator John Hoven is going to be there. Really? The former U.S. Secretary, uh, Secretary uh, of State. John, Pompe- John Papeo is going to be Papeo, there. Papeo. Yep. Harold Hamm is going to be there, the CEO of uh, Energy Transfer. So you Kelsey might actually Warren. get to talk to Harold Hamm. Oh, well, I'll t- oh no, I'll yeah, talk you to might, Harold Yeah, Hamm. just maybe not the... Oh, I'll talk to him, yeah. yeah. But I won't be able to interview him. Right. No. But, you know, maybe we'll glean something out of that. I bet he'll ask me about Otis. I bet he will. I mean, my son interviewed him, so yeah. I imagine he will. Should have that picture handy on your phone. Be like, yeah, remember this? I've already cor- talked about already it every day. I've already corresponded with his assistant, okay. so I mean, you know, she's well aware of who I am. Right. You're in the chain now. Well, I led with that. <laughs> I led with, hey, whatever you can do to get your foot in the door, man. Do you think they're going to remember some Jamoke reporter from North Dakota or the father of the eight-year-old boy that interviewed Harold Hamm. That might stick. What do you think I That might with? stick in there. 
So I actually, this is a true story. I went back to the, you know, the reply interview. Yeah. I went back to the interview, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the email where the assistant said, absolutely, we'll make it happen, all this mm. stuff. I went back to that email to, to write, to start up <laughs> hey, the correspondence out what works, again. man. Yep. <laughs> so you responded to an eight-year-old email? Okay, so it was only six. <laughs> let's, let's do some. That's still within the limits. We're going to get some math right on That's this right, show. That's right, man. Okay, what else do we have? Is that Phil Archer's going to be there, too? Look at this. It's a who's who. Holy smoke. Oh, you were showing me the um, the layout of the booths, man. There's a ton of people that are going to be there. I, they might be sold out now. When they I when I sent like you it. the deal two days ago, there was two booths left. Okay. There's two spots left, and I'm sure they'll sell out. Oh, it looks like Kevin Kramer's going to be there as well, and... Um, Boy, oh, Jack Stark's going to be there. Continental Resources met him. Uh, he's a president. Took okay. o- he took over for Harold Ham. Look at me going down you memory lane here. You're okay. dropping names left and right. I know. Better watch out, or one might drop on my foot. <laughs> Coming up in June, we got the OCI Permian chapter. That whole luncheon deal. Speaking at that, and then also we have the Shale Energy Resources trade show. What are you going to be speaking about? Do you know? You just Industrial wing- forest. Industrial. We're going to be speaking. Nice. We're going to, you know what? I've, I've, I've been trying to think about this because, you know, the business cards came in, the surprise business cards yeah. that we're going to unveil debut at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference next week. I got to see them already, so I feel pretty cool. I'm almost thinking in order to think outside the box now, mm-hmm. you got to go inside the box. Be the now, box. Don't think in the box. Think inside the box, meaning you gotta you gotta shut out the rest of the world. Okay, okay. So I almost think like you gotta go into a closet or you gotta go into a hypodermic chamber. One of those decompressions, things. like no stimulus, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Like the other day when I being out of the yeah. city, I actually was able to calm myself yeah. for the first time. Found a river, found some nature. Yeah, you know. And so I think that's where we're at. Yeah. And so almost like you gotta think inside the box to think outside the box i'm thinking somewhere along those lines but that word smithing sucks <laughs> we got to work on that but the idea is right right <laughs> so no idea uh, no, no idea, idea. We'll but probably, it's, it's there somewhere we'll figure it out somewhere between armarillo it's an itch we will scratch armarillo. A night in amarillo so what else do we got oil and water do mix coming up in june you'd have to leave now to get down to the june could thing. you imagine if how you long took that your, would take i mean it'd be like what I'm picturing is Oregon Trail. Remember that game? Right? I'm picturing we should make a, an Oregon Trail electric car Tesla game. See, they right? don't have you a start out from St. Louis, but they don't have a plug in at their house. Yeah. So they, got, they, they have to get that whole thing makeshift first. So that's why they're going into town oh, to fill up their car right. with energy because they and with go go juice. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's thinking about posting on Facebook. I'm looking for extension cords. You know, <laughs> he's just figuring all the ways to bury his wife, you know, like just you know. the car should have an accident. I told him, I said, here's the genius, man. She's going to make you money in the end. Right. You're going to get paid so much money from the government. He's even changing his name because it's got a it's got a nasty word in it now. I'll tell you what it is in between the commercial break, and it's not oil or gas. Okay, well, immediately I jumped. But there. it's an oil or gas product. Oh, but because it's a derivative of an oil and gas product, 
he's thinking about changing his name now. Jesus, because everything he, is a derivative because of oil. Because he gas. lives in Fargo, North Dakota, and oil and gas is a dirty thing now in Fargo, North Dakota. That's so nuts. Well, it's the Boulder and Austin of... What have we got going on today? We were going to do some news. I know that. Yeah, we got some news to we talk got, about. We got a lot of events happening. Yeah. We got the Industrial Forest Studio. We got the sponsors. We got their banners being printed mm-hmm. now. Some sexy tall oh. banners. I forgot the lead. We sold out at the Bakken Barbecue. Woohoo! We sold out. Cookers were cooked out. Oh, man. So we'll, it's, still, we'll still take sponsors. Yeah. If you want to give us some money, we'll turn around and give it to the kids. We're still taking money for sure. the kids. We'll always take money. But we're done with cooker space. We nice. got it maxed out. And I even texted. I go, I go did I get bumped? <laughs> I go, did you guys bump my... Right. Or did my they get rid of the potato guy? ESG blessed kumbaya. <laughs> Dapple smoked potatoes. Dapple smoked. <laughs> hey, you know what they said? Yes. Oops, we forgot to add to the list. Oops. No, you're not. They thought I was looking at the list. Oh. And I wasn't on the final sheet. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So I'm, it's good you said something then probably. <laughs> Show up and they don't have a booth for you. I choose not to be offended. Yeah, really. I mean, all you're doing is emceeing it. You know, it's it's not like you're critical to the operation or anything. Just bringing in, you know, a vegetarian option to put your barbecue on. I wouldn't lead with that. I think that's more like the backup. It's like I saved a kid, uh, I rescued the world, and I brought some potatoes. I've already been busted twice trying to bribe two judges. Two? Tried to bribe one, but, well, you know... I, Food judges. Here's my bribe. Or legal I, judges. I try to get them to hand out potatoes. Okay. And then when they're handing out potatoes... Maybe they want some salad in their back pocket. Oh, Jesus. You know? They're like accomplices at that point, man. They're just, it's like a degree of guilt. Do you know what kind of value that would do for the crude life if we won a barbecue competition with potatoes out of the gate? Yeah, we'd that probably... That would make national news. Yeah, and we'd probably get sauteed if, and If feathered, I got to put a salad... Smoked and feathered. A, a salad, a sawbuck salad. If I got to put a sawbuck salad in the back of somebody's trousers... Because if I'm going to use the word sawbuck, I'm going to use the word trousers. You absolute little pantaloons. Or half pants. <laughs> I'm not sure during the summer if it's half pants, but... Man shears. The other one I tried to bribe was U.S. Congressman Kelly Armstrong. He's a judge, too. Now, you know, that's a federal thing. Now I know, talking. so I got to be careful. Well, yeah. he's a volunteer fireman okay. in Dickinson. So I thought... Well, we'll bring in the you know the, the yeah, chili. Yeah, he can't. He can't. The be. chili, right? right the five sure. alarm chili. Yeah, right. Yeah. To put on the potato in our booth. That's a great idea. First responder. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, hey, you know that your chili should <laughs> no, see, win, shouldn't no, it? No, that, that, that's not really bribery, though. That's just you know. Oh no, recognizing what they like. But I'm trying to get them in so I can put some money in their back pocket so I bribe them. No, no, this is flat oh, wait, out bribing. That's the salad you're talking yes. I am totally slow here. I'm trying to picture Jason stuffing kale or some other crap into somebody's back pocket. What would the presentation on a potato look like in a barbecue competition? What, on a bed of kale like Pizza Hut oh, back man. in the day? Mm-mm. Did you know that kale? The number one supplier of kale. Before it became America's grossest superfruit, <laughs> was Pizza Hut. They put it in the buffet. Right. It was the. It was the. It uh, was decoration. It was decoration. It was decoration yeah. because it was so disgusting. It was like packing peanuts that was green. Nobody would eat it. It was, it was a combination of packing peanuts and sandpaper. <sighs> That's what kale is. Yeah. Right. You know, but, if you blend it up and then you light that on fire and you don't drink it, it tastes great. But. 
It's supposed to be good for the uh, bowels. Though, so right? what? A bed of kale. No way. And then, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Here's, are you ready for this? Okay, about here's a, what I'm going to do. How about a bed of bacon? First of all, I'm going to bless the ESG potato with a John Kerry lookalike. Okay. Okay. That's, or maybe I'll get John Kerry himself. ESG right? certified. Maybe Al Gore. Somebody to. He's have, probably got more free time. Somebody to bless it. Yeah. Just like a rabbi would. Right. So we'll get it ESG certified. We'll get the nice little dapple mar- marker on it, too. We should have a brand. We'll put the kale underneath, because, you know, when they do ribs, and, you know, they, they always have green underneath. They always put it on a bed of lettuce mm-hmm. in, the, in the competition, in their... That makes it look nice. In their to-go styrofoam containers. Yeah, well, that, that, that's to detract <laughs> from the styrofoam. You know what I'm talking about? Because yeah, that's oh, how yeah. it always comes. Oh, yeah. These <laughs> big freaking sausage of fingers moving around little briskets and stuff on the no their hand takes up the entire television set yeah. on these competitions anyways then i'm, I'm here, here's what i'm, I'm, doing. Bridge, I'm just man. gonna start stacking the meat on top just, of the potato that's what you do it just <laughs> here's an everything meat potato yeah, man i mean potato is a really good delivery device for meat crude life potato crude life potato Crude life potato. Crude life potato. I'm telling you, we'll get a chant. Yeah. We'll put every kind of meat on there. Oh, we should make it a contest. How many, you know, can you eat the potato with every form of meat served at the barbecue today? Now I want gravy on there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now we're talking about making it like what, pontine or whatever it's called? And then an egg. Cheese curds. And then we got to put an you egg fr- on it. Well, it's North Dakota. You got to have a fried egg. <laughs> That's the way. I can't wait. So, but. Cookers are sold out. We are still welcoming the sponsors. If you'd like to sponsor and donate some money, we'd certainly appreciate that very much. Of course, it goes to Make-A-Wish North Dakota, as well as Women Empowering Women and other activities, um, causes around Dickinson and the Bakken. We're going to be... Uh, and this is for first responders. I was going to say, we are going to be celebrating and honoring first responders all evening long on stage, as well as throughout the event. I'm sure they'll love our free potatoes. And the other thing about the Bakken barbecue this year, which is going on right now, is they have these these pink pigs being plastered all over lawns and businesses. So if you see that on social media, if you could like and share it, it's helping raise awareness for the Bakken barbecue and the and the money. I'm telling you, we're going to crack 100,000 this year. We're going to oh, do it. Man. It's going to be bigger than ever. I bet so. you it smells good 50 miles out. Oh, you can smell it for miles, uh-huh. man. They just keep coming in. It's going to be fantastic. So that is coming up. We've got a trade show, two trade shows. we got one coming up next week where we're debuting the Industrial Forest Studios. The Stone Markers are coming. They're going to be here. We're going to be shh, giving one to uh, Mayor Steve Bakken. Nice. We're going to be giving him an honorary, an honorary plaque. Stone Marker. Plaque and I got stone. It. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Creighton Jobs here, folks. We're going to take a brief pause. We come back. We got some news coming up here on the Crude Life Morning Show. We got to talk about that NFL draft. Ha. It's Friday, so it's sports, 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 sports. So important. You got to say it several times. A person from North Dakota State was drafted third overall. Can you believe it? From Love Marshall, it. Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. And then the Vikings got the Texas quarterback. All kinds of east-west, north-south connections right here on the Crude Life Frackleberry Hound. His little buddy Coco's over. We'll see you in a few, folks. Well, you're my surfboard, baby. Let me be your boogie man. Well, you're my surfboard, baby. Let me be your boogie man. Yeah, you and me will ride this 
Becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, chewypaws.com. That's chewypaws with a Z.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Space. That is Sterling. It Hello. is Friday. Finally Friday. Pretty soon we're going to go back to three segments. Three? Maybe we, not. Well, we do talk a lot. We're going to have to talk less to make more. <laughs> less is more. Less is more. Yeah. I'm sure the five or six people listening right now would totally agree. Right. Less is more. Yeah. We've got a huge audience. Yeah. Less <laughs> is more. Absolutely. Isn't that the way it works here on the It's quality, there? man. It's not quantity, <laughs> right? Quality it's quality. quantity. <laughs> That's what they call the shut-ins yeah. and, the, and the obese, yeah, the, the morbidly obese yeah, that the listen to this show. Hopelessly unemployable, the children alcoholics, you know. That's right. That's right. We were ranked number one for people over 350 pounds and haven't left the house for four weeks. Yes, and possibly have died with an animal in their house. Very unique demographic. That yeah, is. well, it's kind of a niche market. Very niche. You really have to, to focus. <laughs> All right, oh, man. Well, so we haven't it. talked sports. We'll get there. Okay. Let's probably start with some oil news first. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. End of with course. Sports. Sports, 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 sports. Sports, So important. Sports. we got to say it four or five times. Are your kids doing sports, 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 sports yet? My uh, son is playing uh, outdoor sports sports with sports, his sports. Uh, friends, but yeah. not 
not organized. No, not organized. A lot of bike riding, a lot of running around. No. They're no. playing uh, football, you know, eight guys, 12 guy football, you oh. know, push each other out of bounds. Right. To end oh, touch, sure. Yeah. That type yep. of thing. Yep. Basketball. Basketball is always fun. And get this. Ready for this? Mm. They're playing uh, hide and seek ditch. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. It's where you play outside. Though. Okay. So they're playing over at the school. Okay. They talked about different areas, and I said, well, "Why don't you guys just play at the school? You got a built-in boundary system right. and this and that." So know the terrain. Uh, last Friday night, about a dozen of uh, those fifteen, fourteen-year-old punks met over at <laughs> the school and played ditch or hide and seek, or we called it ditch. Ditch. I remember ditch. They called kid. it hide and seek. Yeah, but well, I, I did in like sixth grade. I, that I don't. I don't know if he calls it that yeah. in front of his friends. No, probably not. I think he maybe just. Yeah. Then again, I don't know. Hey, maybe it. Maybe maybe they say it ironically. Who knows with kids these days? Well, they know what the word play date means, and it's an accepted term. So, anything's possible. Right or sleepover? Yeah. Right. Kids are cute. Sleepover? Yeah. yeah. Fifteen-year-old having yeah. a sleepover? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Call up your. Should call up your forty-five-year-old friend. Hey, you want to come over and play? Yeah, we're gonna make a fort. Well, that would be okay. <laughs> no, I would, would, I would do that. Yeah, that would be okay. <laughs> that would be. That would be very interesting, though. Calling up a, a another adult, even a teenager. Hey, you want to come over and play? That was what you did as a kid. Yeah. Well, no, no. See, when I was fourteen, fifteen, it started to become. You want to hang? Wait a minute. Although those. That, Tumblr date I had, boy, she was. She asked me to come play. Is that what she meant? No. <laughs> What's Tumblr, by the way? That's some new. App. I would like to know more about that story. Some, though. some Timbler ad I got. Timbler. Some Jimmy Jimpler. Yeah, you got on the Bumblers. <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, Bumble is a site. It is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm so glad I'm out of that scene, man. Happily married, almost 18 years. Crazy. You've been married for 25 years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. That's my secret Canadian family. Right. I said happily married 18 years. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> All oh, right. Man. We better do some news. All right. From the Permian area, we got uh, Texas here. We got Texas legislature advances bills to shield oil and gas from climate initiatives. So this is uh, coming out of uh, state representative Phil King. And they are talking about two bills that were advanced by the legislature this week to attempt to protect the state's oil and gas industry from efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Mm -hmm. So this would require the state entities, including state pension funds and Texas massive K-12 school endowment to divest from companies that cut ties with or boycott fossil fuel companies. This is something we've been starting to see more of now. It's just like reaction to big companies having some sort of social driven message right so wait a minute now there are they want to divest from companies they're going to make it a law yes that they have to so it'd be basically like North Dakota tried farm. this too did they really yeah in fact um, coming up here in about 20 minutes Dustin Governor and I talk about this for a good 10 minutes oh okay it's very confusing so this is so what North Dakota tried to do is they tried to pass something similar to this. Now, I haven't read this Senate Bill 13 mm-hmm. out of Texas, so I have absolutely no idea what this is about. But the buzzwords and the language is very similar to where they tried to divest themselves from any companies that were doing ESG work. Mm-hmm. Well, 
basically every banker does now, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. And, and this movement came as quickly as the climate acceptance tax came, I right? Yes, man. Just I, overnight. I hadn't it, even heard of ESG a month ago. Overnight, it just showed up, right? Now it right? seems like it's everywhere. Everybody got their, their memo. <laughs> Fox News, the Moody memo. The Moody memo. Mood of the day. So, you know, I think they might be going on the same path. I don't know if it's the same, but in North Dakota, they had to table it, and then they had to spend money, taxpayer money, to go do a study to find out what ESG was. <laughs> they could have called us. So they, they... Or is that MSG? And that's going back to where they passed a few laws that made a few things sustainable unsustainable yeah well so. that's like going back to the legacy fund here though i mean it it's i could see this as a, a strategy you know as a way for certain states to try to push back against that well what i'm afraid of and i said this in north dakota is i understand the strategy but at the same time you have to be careful it's not an fu strategy because if it's an fu strategy it's not going to work no and in north dakota it didn't work yeah so I'm not sure what it is in Texas, but it certainly sounds a lot like an FU strategy. It sounds like what they're talking about is, you know, it's basically if, if you want to mess with us, then we'll mess with you. But what I'd be curious about, they're talking about pension funds and things like that. How easy is that to, to divest from, right? You can't. Well, and, and what if it's the better deal for your pension funders, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? So this whole sort of like... I think Minnesota had one of these bills, too. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing yeah. this more and more. I mean, just as a as sort of a backlash, as one way to, what, maybe fight back against federal encroachment? I'm not sure. Well, I'm telling you, you're going to see more discrimination-type bills pop up. Yeah. You're going to see all kinds of different backdoor acceptance yeah. and rejection-type bills coming. I saw in Oklahoma... They passed a law the other day that's going to allow motorists to hit protesters on the side of the road. Yeah, I saw that too. In Florida and, as well. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of people that look at that as a very positive. And there's a lot of people that look at it as a very negative. And at the end of the day, somebody might die. Yeah. And so when you're that apart, when the end result is somebody could die... It's not good. No, no. On it, either it, side. No, it says it says a lot about the division in the country when you're essentially slowly legalizing ways to murder or or create to, problems to create the circumstance it, for it, that. It's fu problems. It is. It is. It's um, totally fu problems. It's it, no. I get it. No, I mean, and that's where this is a sticky wicket because. You know, when, when it happened in North Dakota, it came out after the Dapple protest. Okay, so it, yeah. was, it, was, it was... I remember that. It was a big F you. It was okay. a very emotional, knee-jerk reaction. But there was legitimacy behind the F you, mm -hmm. okay, which is protesters can make these roads extremely dangerous for motorists. Yeah. And what the heck are they doing there anyway? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there is legitimacy behind it. However, again, the means to the end. Yeah. Is this the best way to go about doing well, it? Well, yeah, is the answer is to the start running people the over. the best, you right. know, and yeah. Yeah. that sort of thing. So, um, well, you, but, just, you just worry, like, because you could see a circumstance where obviously that might be justified, right? You could see that happening. Cars surrounded, 
scared drive away type of thing but my, my guess is they're going to pass this in texas though oh absolutely i i i think so too i think that what we're going to see in reaction to the democrats holding power in washington right now is this sort of state stepping up on their own individual level texas oh, sure. oklahoma florida and doing things like this I don't know how they're going to do it. Texas, different story. Texas has got so many self-made millionaires that they could probably be their own state with what they have there. Right. Yeah. You get to these farming states, they're so reliant on the government, mm-hmm. they, they they can puff their chest till the government says boo, and then they got to listen. Well, because Texas they still need that check. Texas can say F you, man. Right, right. Oklahoma can say, you know what? Normally we fight, but we're behind you, Texas, because right. we got a bunch of you guys too. Yeah, I was going to say. And New Mexico can say, well, we're about 20% yeah. in Texas. <laughs> we got your back somewhat, you know, that type of thing. And then it just slowly goes from there. I don't know, man. Are we watching a slow motion, dis- like just dissolve of society? of americans well, of course we are i mean is that what this it's is the reset really? it's, it's just it's just uh, things this doesn't things look are like not going to be the same the workplace is going to be completely different we do we can't even decide in fargo north dakota whether a restaurant is going to be open to allow you to sit down and eat without a mask on right or it's so bad you got to order by your phone and you can't set foot in All right and they're in the same strip mall for crying out loud. So it's it's the next step of the Aldi Walmart kerfuffle juxtapos- juxtaposition, which is good word juxtaposition. That's a good word, which is like a comparison, mm-hmm. right? So you go to Aldi and they do not let you use a plastic bag. You got to use a reusable plastic bag, not those flimsy ones. You got or a hemp or whatever, you know, a canvas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be reusable. Yeah. And if you got to buy one, if you didn't, you know, that's Walmart, exact opposite. Walmart says no reusable bags because of COVID. So you got to use all these. Di- and they're across the street from each other. Yeah. So we can't even decide on that. We're getting further and further away. Last year, we were in agreement. Mm-hmm. Walmart was cool with the, with the reusable bags. Yeah. And, you know? and you wonder if they'll go back to it. I mean, you know, I don't know. It just seems to me like whenever a corporation gets involved, they freak out fast <laughs> and they freak out hard. Yeah. Well, they go to the extreme, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, well, to emotional reaction. I, I, I don't want to go down a new path, mm-hmm. but your wife used to work at Starbucks. Yeah. Congratulations. She's on to a new chapter in yeah, life. Last day tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. Okay. So. Starbucks, what happened when the transgender thing came out? Right away. Unisex bathrooms, mm-hmm. which wasn't difficult for them because they had already did that yeah, to begin sing- with. Yeah, there's single bathrooms but anyway. But what they did is they came out right away and made a statement sure. and, and this and that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying is yeah. that it's, you know, they're quick to freak out and freak out hard, freak out fast because well, sometimes it's good PR. Well, and not just that, but it makes you wonder, On I mean... You've got to know on a cynical level, right, that half the reason that a company makes a statement political that you agree with or otherwise, because they've done their market research and they know if we say this, we're, you know, we've we got a 30 percent market share of transgender people. So this is a way to boost sales. I mean, that's the kind of beauty and disgusting part about capitalism. Is it actually it's good business to promote freedom and mm-hmm. democracy? Right. But it is business. In a perfect world, I want to go there. Take the beauty there. of capitalism is this: that if there is enough of a, of a demand for the transgender market, mm-hmm. okay, it will grow 
it will grow. Mm-hmm. And it'll grow so big, right, that the non-transgender market will be so small, which will create a new opportunity for somebody to go there because there's not as many people catering to it. Right. That's the idea behind sure. it. So yeah. as of right now, well, uh, Starbucks came out and it said that exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's 30% of the marketplace out there that is either transgender or relates and will support it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, guys, if we're the only one doing it, how can it hurt us? Yeah. Well, 10% are bigots. 30, 10, go with the 30, I right? Because yeah. there's the other side yeah. of it, too. Well, I mean, but, you know, Starbucks, <laughs> it's not its not obviously monolithic. But come on, if you're going to buy $9 worth of coffee, <laughs> you're probably voting a certain way anyway. You know, or, you know, I mean... It, it, That's not true. I, it's not true. That's it's not it's true. a horrible generalization. But Walmart probably makes those kind of big assumptions about things that they're going to piss off a certain number of people but fewer than they'll make happy that's a part of capitalism too because that's insurance that's, that's a part that works that's, that's actuality uh, actually that is insurance right yeah um but but that that's analytics and yeah. just kind of the way it is yeah that's but at, at the end of the day that's when it becomes heartless yeah exactly that's when it becomes heartless yeah you know and and the beauty of capitalism is supply and demand yeah. so if there's a demand for an intangible service like a church or an advertising agency mm-hmm. or what, 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 an entertainer, an artist, right? Okay, those are all intangible. Yep. The demand will we'll, we'll, we'll bring it forward because Absolutely. a good capitalist will be like, boy, my workers are much happier when I pay that guy with his magic guitar stick 20 (laughs) bucks to come in and play at lunch. Right, right, exactly. Well, totally. I mean, absolutely. Or, hey, if I pay this guy five bucks and he makes tips, everybody's happy because their shoes are shined. most people, some people will remember this time, but remember in like the early, mid-90s, before the dot-com burst, you had a lot of these new companies coming online. They're not just tech companies, but just in general, right? That were embracing this whole, let's give the employees break rooms. Um, I worked at a place briefly where they they had skateboards and they had a recess time and they had Nerf balls, right? That's the expectation today. Yeah. And it was the jeans wear an executive, Mm -hmm. right? So we, we swung so hard that way. We're going to a place where if you have a office, you have to have a daycare. Right. That's that type of thing. You know, I mean, you have to offer some unbelievable amenities. Yeah. Take a look at what a lot of the, a lot of the direction the apartments are going now. A lot. If if I was a twenty four hour fitness club, I'd be pissed. Oh yeah. Do you well, know how pissed I'd be? Well, there's been to a bunch know that. Have... No, to know that tax dollars continuously go mm-hmm. through some sort of Renaissance fund or some sort of. You know, make make the downtown great again. Sure, or green what, spaces, green space gotcha. fund, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. If if I knew that new apartments were being built with twenty four hour fitness centers as mm-hmm. an amenity being being built by taxpayers, essentially, or at least tax breaks yeah. and sub, yeah, exactly. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's an that's a huge encroachment yeah. on my business yep. if I'm a twenty four if I'm twenty four hour fitness or whatever the heck it is. Yep. I mean, I'm not even going to get into the pool in the YMCA. Don't care. Right. That, that's its own disgusting level of... Uh, of I'm of, dealing of with de- YMCA right now, actually, for my little one. Oh, man. man. It's I, a, I it's a, you have to give them money before they'll even really talk to you about what they do. If you got a pool, 
and you got an organized system how to make pools work. You got such a monopoly, and oh, you could have five. Dude, you could have five of you in the same town, and it's still a monopoly. Oh man, yeah, you just print money then. Well, and, and, you got, <laughs> and, and if you're on the other end, you got to abide by their rules. Mm-hmm. Go find another pool. Yeah, that a lot. It's like uh, in hockey. Go find a sheet of ice that allows you to skate. Good luck. Yeah, good luck, buddy. Every around here, folks in North Dakota, every year. Just like when I was down in Texas and Oklahoma, and just like you guys, once a year, you sit around the barbecue and you actually talk about succeeding from the union and you're serious about it. (laughs) Up here in North Dakota, the same thing happens where these people are going to build some sort of arena with a sheet of ice so their kids can have practice time. Because we've got 50,000 sheets of ice up here, and there ain't one practice time for the high school. You ever notice that? Every... Every season, there's always some new parent group raising money to build a brand new arena with new sheets of ice. I don't get it. Oh, man. It's I don't amazing. get it. My neighbor put up their own little ice rink this last winter. That's where they, there's four of them in our know, neighborhood. Right? Isn't that cool? That's what I'm saying. That's that much of a demand. Yeah. I don't even know how we got off. I don't know, but tangent. you and I need to talk business about that after we get off the What's air. What's our next news story? All right, we're heading over to Carlsbad. Texas rules. That's where we're at. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love Texas. Dude, you got to go down to Texas. They sell single served out of the 12 pack pounders of Bud Light. Wow. On ice. Oh, that's beautiful. At the convenience store next to the Snickers and the Altoids and that's the Impulse right, Isle. Yep. So you're waiting in line. You can look over at that nice chilled single can. Mm-hmm. There's only one use for that. Yeah, it's crack it open the minute you get in your it's, it, it. it's a roadie. Love Texas. <laughs> what else we got? I love travel mugs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got to come up with a, uh, a beer can uh-huh. that looks like a Coke. Oh, there you go. I, there probably is something like that. All right. This is from Carlsbad. A local environmental group in Carlsbad sought to complete a health impact assessment, or HIA, on oil and gas in southeast New Mexico, where the concerned growth in fossil fuel extraction led to increases in air pollutants to the detriment of public health. Wait, this doesn't sound good. What's it? Okay. So, Citizens Caring for the Future... Hosted a virtual meeting in April. That, okay, that does not sound good. What was that? Citizens caring for the future. Oh my goodness! Okay, you even read these articles for you send them to me. I don't. I don't read any of these. That's your read, job. That's my job. All right. So they had a virtual my job's meeting. To react. You're doing that. Okay, first of all, what what was that nauseating uh, group name again? Citizens caring for the future. Okay. CCF. Let's that, call them CCF from now on. I'm sorry, but four buzzwords and one go on. <laughs> so they are looking at Northwest New Mexico's uh, San Juan Basin region, where heavy gas extraction was credited with one of the world's largest methane clouds above the Four Corners area. So it's blocking out that harmful sunshine. Why does anybody ever say thank you to the methane cloud? The Could be the uh, Roswell. Potential HIA would involve air monitoring in the Carlsbad area, along with health and cultural surveys, as that how oiling has affected local residents. Well, it's allowed me to go places in my car. Meanwhile, the Permian Basin region in southeast New Mexico boomed in recent years with the advent of hydraulic fracturing. And Carlsbad and Eddy County and Hobbs and neighboring Lee County were reported to have ground level ozone in excess of federal standards. Wow. Environmentalists are also worried growing oil and gas infrastructure also led to volatile organic compounds like benzene that could be precursors to ozone, creating cancer-causing gases when interacting with sunlight. 
This is scary. That's scary stuff, man. No, what's scary about it is is how quickly a group I've never heard of can make a name for themselves. Citizens caring for the future. Is that was that what it's called again? Yeah, and Citizens uh, Caring for the Future. Nick King of Citizens Caring for the Future, also a pastor at the Carlsbad oh, Mennonite Church. Boy. Okay. He's a Mennonite, said, said studying the health impacts as needed as companies appeared poised to continue drilling for oil and gas in and around King's community. Mennonite? Yeah. Not real familiar. I mean I know the name, but we have Mennonites around here. They don't use electricity, do they? Um, I thought that was Amish. But well, maybe yeah, it could but be Mennonite, too. Yeah. Heterites, Mennonites. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I think they're limited, aren't they? So what they want to do... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I'm gonna, i got to look yeah, it up now. got a little Mennonite here, right? They want to look for pollutants like particular matter, formaldehyde, hydrogen sulfide, and VOCs, Vox, whatever that is, that exceeded national averages. Formaldehyde, of course, is a preservative used in fracking operations. They found that in the air. I'm just blown away that the Mennonites are taking charge on this. I'm sorry <laughs> about that, but we buy our we used to buy our chickens from the Heterites, and the Mennonites are right next door. Okay, okay. And the Hittites. He- the, the Heterites are well. This was before the organic days. Okay, okay, back before organic was a thing. I understood about free range. I grew up on a farm, sure. right? So I know yeah. this stuff. Well. I didn't want sweatshop chickens or any of this other stuff back when mm, I ate But meat. they're extra salty. So I would drive 45 minutes away between here and Holly. Probably a half hour, okay? Holly, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Big, big heterite community, right? I had no and idea. I, they might have phones and a few other things. I, th- I think they have some electricity. But okay. I, I, I thought they were, you know, very much on the spectrum of the Amish. Down, not all the way, you right, know. right. Not Some, full Amish. Not full but. Amish. You know, 80%, 70%. They might have one car for the tribe, village. We're doing good at sort of a blanket offending. Oh, we, I mean, we're just over the line. We yeah, have I not love done it. our job if we haven't offended at least six people. So, honestly, other than a really interesting name for a, a, a group, I'm not seeing much in here. You know, basically, it's it's very common, familiar news. They're concerned about the admissions in the area, and they want to have some testing done. The main concern appears to be that uh, what they say, this group, is that the levels that they're finding exceed what the EPA says is acceptable. So citizens caring for the future. Oh, I can feel better now because uh, according to AmishGazebo.com, for real? AmishGazebo.com. Unlike the Amish, Mennonites are not prohibited from using motorized vehicles. In addition, Mennonites are also allowed to use electricity and telephones in their homes. Sign me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there is an actual, the difference between the difference, Amish and Mennonite right? because it is common. Okay, so. It's enough of a thing where people are actually looking it up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't feel totally crazy oh, here. Oh, no, man. <laughs> well, well, okay, so here's what's getting. Here's what I'm getting at. Two things. Three things. Number one, I learned a lot about the Mennonites this morning. That <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know I knew. Second, um, a new group came out of nowhere that apparently is going to save the earth. And well, they, now it's they're a at least caring for it. But now it's a church. <laughs> well, he's a pastor that doesn't from matter. a church. Doesn't matter. It's a church, okay? <laughs> he's able to recruit like recruit. churches recruit. Right. I've I've warned about 
the parallels between the environment and the and religion. Mm-hmm. Okay, very anthropologically speaking, I'm talking about if you're going to go to Texas A and M University and take an anthropological course, anthropology, I think it's called. I think so. We have it at North Dakota State as well. Yep. Kat, Kathy Corwin and uh, Patty Corwin. Kathy's uh, Katie Corwin's a daughter. And so, what worries me is the world is Zoom. Zoom, virtual meetings. Because now these protesters can really rally the troops mm-hmm. oh, it's, by it's Zoom. So much, so much easier now. But I'm going to go a step further. Because we're, we're now in a world where rank prejudice is okay. Hmm. Where, where you can pick and choose who's got the scarlet letter. <sighs> and, you can, and it's okay to be mean to some people and, and yeah. not, not to true. others. It's okay. True. Yeah. As long as they don't have a physical or mental disability. You can't, you know, don't, you can't pick on that. Right. But if they work for tobacco or big oil, yeah, just go ahead and throw shit at them. Right. Yeah, just push them over, whatever. Have you ever you known know? anyone that worked in tobacco? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, I would think that's even a harsher term than oil and gas, you know? You know what's even a little bit more than that is guns. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> Talk to I a can gun. see that. Talk to I mean, a, I'm yeah. talking about a real like gun a, trainer. Right. Like a guy that goes from trade show to trade show. Okay, yeah. Where, that, where he can't even lie about what he does. <laughs> that kind of guy. Because he's got a truck full of guns everywhere he goes. <laughs> <Totally>. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of guy whose solution to every problem is, you know, if you had a gun, none of that would have happened. And he's got the one for you. I know you're looking at that nice camera for your front yard, but what if we put up a nice, you know, scarecrow with an AK-47? Yeah. How about a flame? Have you thought about a flamethrower today? <laughs> I have, actually. <laughs> Me too, man. Me well, too. That's a good way to get rid of some of that methane oh, and oh, everything else. Yeah, do our own flaring. But getting back to the serious part of this, which we don't try to do too much in the play hard <laughs> portion, but no, in all seriousness, I would be a little bit worried because um, if the world of Muppets is true, in Zoom calls where you can put 40 people on a call. Right. Okay. You can rally the troops for these environmental causes really quick. Absolutely. And there are going to be people that are going to feel really motivated to feel like they have a purpose that is not binge watching The Office for the 15th time. Okay. So they're going to be extremely... Available? Yeah. Is that the right word? Available? Yeah. Uh, you can get the eyeballs a lot easier nowadays. Now, the flip side of that, if you were going to start the same thing, let's say you were going to start some sort of, uh, let's let's go and what's the name of this? Uh, citizens caring for the future. Yeah. Okay. It really rolls right off the tongue and into the trash. Can. Right. And, and what's the name of that canyon? Oh, you want me to try to say it? Well, what is it? I think it's Chaco Canyon. Chaco Canyon from mm-hmm. Land of the Lost. <laughs> Chaka. Nope. That, you remember Chaka? I do. Of Chaka course, was man. The, uh, the Sleesex? No, nope, no, he wasn't the Sleesex. No, no, but I'm, yeah, the, I remember uh, the show, yeah. He was the missing he was link. The little ma- he was a little ape dude. The monkey. Yeah, he's the monkey Chaka. man. Chaka. Okay. So Chaka Canyon. As quickly as this came up, that worries me. That, that a protest can apparently get created on Zoom, and the Carlsbad current Argus will do... A story on it if somebody with a good name like Nick King, pastor, the, Men, the, the Mennonite church pastor. That's what I'm saying. This mm-hmm. is this is easy. Well, you know, well, that's the kind of thing where you probably got, you know, somebody like him is probably uh, well known in the community, right? So you've already got that connection, right? right? And it's probably uh, easy enough to find somebody who will write about it. 
But if you if you came out with citizens caring for the future, mm-hmm. and you started talking about how you're going to lessen the gun laws, and how you're going to get more guns in people's hands because mm-hmm. you believe it's safer, and you got science to back it up, because there are studies out there that show right that places that outlaw guns have the highest crime, mm-hmm. and there are places uh, uh, John Lott. John Lott, Ron, Ronnie Lott's the football player, right? Yes. 49ers. So <laughs> yes. John Lott, John Lott is the uh, author and uh, research scientist. He did a study where he went and studied all these different different gun law places mm-hmm. and places that had like the highest gun populations had the least amount of crime. Yeah. You either have to get rid of all of them or get rid of none of them. Yeah, it's right. So my point is, though, if you were citizens caring for the future and you were talking about getting looser gun laws mm-hmm. and how to get guns right they'd shut that shit down so fast probably wouldn't be a, an article written about it in this and there wouldn't be an article written right. about it until yeah. they shut it down yeah. although that's what i'm saying I, you know it's funny is i bet you we could cast a, a pretty quick net look and find a group out there that does that that gets no publicity and to be fair to the carlsbad current argus nothing wrong with the story no. legitimate story yeah. The only thing you could probably nitpick on is, okay, what's, you know, make sure you get some balance out there and, and cover some stuff from the other side about mm-hmm. it, maybe what the oil and gas industry is doing to solve those problems. Exactly. Or maybe if there's somebody who's trying to put together a protest to say, hey, oil is not bad. Yeah. What would that, what would a protest be called that's positive? A contest? Contest. <laughs> well, if, if a protest is negative, what yeah. a po- I mean, you're right? Pro, uh, yeah. Because the word pro See, is they've, positive. They've co-opted the word, man. Freedom juicing. Yeah, we just got to go back to the All basics. Right, next story. <laughs> All right, okay, so. I'm going to get some freedom juice. We're talking, yep. Friday. Powering the Permian. The Environmental Defense Fund says methane emissions are higher than estimated. Freedom. Listen to that. Well, you want to talk football news now? We've done our oil and gas. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead. All oh, right. we've done two, didn't we? Yep. We did two we news We did our two, yeah. Gas. I've got more, but it's pretty much the same. It's time for some sports, 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 sports. sports. So, yeah, what did you think of the draft? I thought it was very entertaining. It was filled with thrills and spills and chills. You never watched it. I did. You did? No, I, I followed it. it on my phone. <laughs> I followed it on my uh, laptop and my phone. Well, of course, we're happy, you know, North Dakota State, Trey Lance. No, I listened to it on the radio. Did you? I did. I listened okay. to the uh, Minnesota Vikings play-by-play team, Paul Allen, yep. Ben Lieber, former Minnesota Vikings, and the Power Trip Morning Show. They nice. did their... Uh, for the first round, basically tell the Vikes draft. And then right, they, and they kind of peter they, out. They, yeah, they you don't out. get a lot of coverage past round two or three, you know? Oh, no, they just do round one. Yep. And then after the Vikes, half the team goes home, and then the other half sticks around, and then they get all snarky because they don't care and they're half drunk. Yeah. It's kind of like the Cheers finale. Right. When they went to the they Cheers They were totally finale, drunk. <laughs> they were all just yep. bombed. They're just bombed, man. The, after the Vikes pick, yep. the B squad comes in that's just bombed. Well, the sad thing is, is that it's like the maybe possibly the high point of the Viking season. But is, they still is the draft. They still brag about when the Vikes traded up into pick thirty because <laughs> because the B squad got like the ratings right. and they were so half in the bag. <laughs> 
So they keep teasing that that might happen again. Minnesota keeps being just bad enough to not get a good draft pick. And these guys are so successful, they know that no one is listening except diehard fans. Right. So no one's going to complain. Yeah. Well, you had it on for background noise, right? So right. I, was, like, yeah, I was working and right. uh, listening to the draft, but it was fun because, you know, we had a, a North Dakota State Trey Lance. Yep. Uh, he got drafted. And they traded up pretty aggressively for him. They did. Yep. And so that was fun. And then, of course, uh, Minnesota Vikings drafted, uh, te- I believe it was Texas or Texas A&M. Uh, I think, oh, now I'm going to have to check here. Because they passed on the Sanford quarterback, who ended up going to Houston. The Texans, <laughs> another Texans drafted the Stanford quarterback, <laughs> and his name is Mills. I think might have been his yeah. name. Yeah. So his name does escape me. I do apologize. It's a, it's a geographical oddity. Why do these guys keep moving around so much, man? But no, I thought it was pretty good. I thought uh, uh, it was it was a fun draft because there's a lot of different trades. Of course, you had uh, what's his nuts uh, in Green Bay, uh, Brett Favre, not Brett Favre. No, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Man. Yeah, I kept. That's the thing is, it was like it was really all about what's Rodgers going to do, what's Rodgers going to do. And the funny thing is, is like for the last four days, every article I click on that says something about Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's the only thing to talk it's about. It's just now. a regurgitated. It's Green Bay doesn't want to trade him. He says he wants to go. Blah, 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 right? I don't know. Do you know what I would like to see? And and sports is the place to start, okay? Start recording these guys' picks. Mm -hmm. And and some of the asinine, these guys, these sports writers are extremely aggressive with their language. Sure. I mean, it's very definitive language. Oh, yeah. They're like, I bet, I guarantee. Right. Everything is so definitive. Yeah. That the consumer reports for media would kick ass. Oh, now consumer reports for media where you started like putting social tweets and started putting articles that they were just dead wrong. And I'm talking dead ringer wrong. wrong. I'm not talking about an intelligent guess you just got wrong. Mm -hmm. No, like I always talk about the Atlantic. The Atlantic is one of my favorite publications, and I understand they're extremely liberal, but. I can actually weed through that shit, so I don't there worry about it. There is some good it. stuff in there, too. And guess what? I can weed through the conservative stuff, too, that yep. the Republic puts out. And yep. the Republic does a good job. I think it's Republic, right? Yep. Uh, National Republic. They yeah. do a good, National Review. National they, Review. They do a good job, too. Mm-hmm. And guess what? So does Reader's Digest. Yep. Christian Science <laughs> Monitor is still yeah, one of my news sources. Yeah, they do good stuff, too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if it's good journalism... You don't really. I don't care what a group they're with. I don't care if they're with yeah. Fox or CNN. I just, I just want a good story. And good most, journalism. Most places that do have a bend, like the Atlantic, they don't have any problem say that. Yeah, we probably lean more left than right. Oh yeah, no, they, they and, and the they're Christian Science. That. Yeah, we lean more right than left. Yep. However, they both will say, go check out more than fifty percent of our stuff. Though it's 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 pretty. Factual, yeah, pretty unopinionated. That's what I like nowadays. Is more and more with Christian Science Monitor type stuff. Is it's just news, yeah, and that's all people want. Yep. And that's what we try to do with the with the crude life. Is um, we put our own fun points. spin on it. No, with the interviews, though, oh, we try to do more yeah. bullet points. So that yeah. it, the idea is people listen to the interview mm-hmm. to get their own news. You know, we're just giving them the boring vanilla whatever, right? So they can't steal from us, man. So Trey Lance is going to be an unbelievable pick. I think he's going to be fun because when you take a look at what NDSU's produced, we've produced three three draft picks in the last 
It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, four if you count Brock Jensen, who had a you know a cup of coffee with the Dolphins, and then he right. played for the CFL for a couple of years, and then disappeared. So yeah. he did play. Well, he's doing some other stuff, but he's mm-hmm. just you know he just he didn't have the arm strength. That yeah. was he. Do you remember the old Tecmo Bowl? It was, it was oh yeah. Was it Jim Harbaugh that played for the Colts? Yes. Who the and and Ken O'Brien played for was the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the ball would like go off the screen <laughs> on the on the long bomb, right? Right. And then Come on back the, on, in. So Brock Jensen would kind of do that. Right. right. It was a little bit too long in the air. Oh, right. Okay. So in the NFL, that's that's the end of the road. Yeah. You know, if if you've got just one second of hang time too much, you're going to get intercepted, intercepted way left too and much, right. right? Yeah. So that was kind of Brock's thing. And uh, but he was a good running quarterback. Yeah. And Brock Jensen, by the way, is who we're talking about. Well, then after that was uh, he's with the Colts now. Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yep. Number two overall. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Jared Goff just got traded to the uh, Detroit Lions. Well, we had Easton Stick, who got drafted in the sixth round last year from North Dakota State. But Justin Bear or mm. Justin Herbert, 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 who's now the starting quarterback, was rookie of the year last year. Yeah. And is considered to be one of the top quarterbacks now, top 10 quarterbacks in the so NFL. Probably, probably he'd be going too, right? Well, he's the starter in, in San San Diego. Mm. Who is, are they, did they move? Yeah, they're LA. They're LA, LA right? Chargers so, now. Okay, yeah. LA. I get, I get confused. Yeah. So Easton Stick is probably dispensable now. Wow. So he might, well, I mean, they might keep him as a backup, but sure. generally you put somebody with experience mm-hmm. behind your rookie. Yeah. So my guess is Easton Stick might be traded. So my point is, though, for those people wondering, Trey Lance, well, I said this before and I'll say it again. Trey Lance comes from a system that was created by Craig Bull. Craig Bull came from Tom Osborne, who was notorious for the Nebraska National Championships. Mm -hmm. So he implemented something that is a hybrid, basically, of the good old fashioned smash, smash mouth, control the clock football of running, right? right. Yep. With the option. Option is, is the quarterback runs, and if he's about ready to get hit, he flicks it to someone else. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's Don't the want option. it anymore. Yep. Uh. Yep. Yep. Option to not get sacked. <laughs> they used to call it kill the carrier. Right. Run know? for your life. And so they put together some sort of hybrid of that. But Craig Bull always talked about being the head coach like a CEO. He had to approach it like a CEO. And so his successor, Bill Kleiman, who's now the coach at Kansas State, was the one who coached Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. essentially. Who was another good option. And by the way, runner Coach Craig Bull, who's the coach of Wyoming right now, coached Josh Allen who's with the Buffalo Bills, Bills who's who, considered probably the second or third best quarterback in the NFL. He's fun to watch. Depending on how you want to rank Deshaun Watson right now. Right. Ooh, yeah. Well, hey, I don't think he's Patrick be- Mahomes is a, uh, a unanimous number one quarterback in the NFL. Second, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Yeah. Might be Josh Allen. He might not now. be playing so anymore. Either way. So I, I was excited. What do you think here? You know, I'm not a huge draft, but I, I, I love to see, you know, the local guys go. And Trey Lance is somebody that I'd been hearing about because he, um, he was a Jerry Rice Award winner. He was the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, you know, and, and you see, I, I like that kind of, like, I feel like he'll have maybe less pressure. They traded up mm-hmm. pretty high to get to him. Yeah. But at huge the same time, up. they've got, what, what, Garoppolo, right? 
And when he's healthy, he's a good yeah. pick. There's the rumor that they were looking at Aaron Rodgers, if that was even a possibility. So I, I actually know. thought that was a legitimate and a very good possibility, to be honest. What, uh, Rodgers to Aaron, well, They were in the Super Bowl two years ago mm-hmm. or whatever, three yeah. years ago, two years ago. So they're ready-made. They yeah. had some injuries last year, and so there were some things that kept them out. Aaron Rodgers is not going to go to a rebuild. Why would he? He he's he would he's go, got he might go three, to the four Saints. or five years left. Maybe he might go to yeah. He's going to go somewhere that's turnkey, ready to go yeah. for a championship. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that would be a place. Actually, the the, the nice Forty Niners would be one of the better places. You know, Washington would actually. Be well, a place that's too. the thing, man. We're actually sitting in a time where there's probably a half dozen teams right now that, if they had somebody like Rodgers, would probably make at least some noise in the playoffs. You know, I mean, there's that's what's been fun this last uh, year or two of playoffs is been watching these, you know, Browns, the Bills, these teams we haven't seen in a decade or more getting, you know, getting to finally a good guy behind center. Tennessee was another place that yep. thought he could end up. But Tannehill had such a he's, he's had an MVP season last yeah, year. Yeah. So what, why would they do that? Talk about a, a turnaround too coming just, out of just the because Dolphins. they got the two most boring offensive players in the NFL that are like leading stats and everything. <laughs> well, Derrick Henry led the league in rushing. Yep. And everyone forgot who he was. Yeah. And Tannehill, I forgot he was even there until I went through my mental Rolodex of teams <laughs> that uh, Brett Favre could go play for. Well, they're otherwise they're, known as Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they're methodical. That may make him a little bit dull. But yeah, I you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of exciting to see you know if if he gets a chance if he gets a start. But overall. Um, you know, I I never make any predictions on draft day because half these guys won't even see any playtime this year or they'll get cut. You know, but I consider it, hey, they got in. They're making more money than I am. Bravo, guys. Folks, that's going to do it. You're going to want to stick around for Dustin Goverlow. He's got some really great stuff to talk about. He's not holding back at all because he's with the North Dakota Watchdog Network. The legislative session is done so he can talk. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws, all-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs, USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z, dot com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken, 
our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. Dustin Geverlo, North Dakota Watchdog Network. Thank you for joining the program here today. We had Texas yesterday, today North Dakota up in the Bakken, so we're going to find out a few energy-related bills Went through North Dakota, of course, oil and gas companies always keeping their fingers on the pulse. A lot, a lot of uh, emission management company flaring companies this year, and I would say, in terms of if I'm just looking at the headlines, and this is why we bring it in Dustin Goverlow with North Dakota Watchdog Network, because he camps out there, he sleeps in the capital, and the whole deal. So he's he's a part of it. But it seemed to me like coal was the main main theme if you were going to name a theme for this year's session to me it seemed like coal and i'm not even talking from the energy side of things i'm talking from the overall legislative session so um that's just from the outside looking in you're on the inside there what what, what would you say was kind of the big theme coming out of the uh, north dakota legislative session we're all done right that's it's it's done now this year yep it's in the books in the can and uh the only thing left is uh, come back later this year for redistricting. Oh, they're coming back, huh? Yeah, if, because uh, every 10 years they have to redistrict after the census. And, yeah. Uh, so it'll be sometime probably in the fall. Okay. Yeah, they did quite a push. They spent a lot of money trying to uh, count every single person sleeping in a rain barrel and under a gutter and everything, man. That's, you know, each person's a lot of money from the Fed, so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. They, when, when they run for office, they're against taking federal money, but when they're counting heads, they're all for it. Yeah, don't get me started on that, man. We're going to do, we're, we're do a leadership series, you know, because the oil and gas industry has gone through what's called the big cruise shift. And when I first got into this industry, a lot of the, uh, you know, heavyweights, the guys who are kind of either retired now or are, you know, symbolic chairman of the boards, basically. Um, they talked about how, you know, 75 to 90 percent of the industry was going to be like retired and completely new by 2022, 2023. Well, we're here. <laughs> we're here now. So uh, we're going to do a leadership series because, boy, it certainly seems like we got a whole new brand of accepted leadership out in the marketplace. So, um we might tap in to your uh, knowledge on that. You're, you've seen, you, you've spent a lot of time with all kinds of different appointed leaders and elected leaders, and as well as uh, 
you know, nonprofit and, and, and lobbyist and that whole vein of things, because so much of that does make the world go round. And a lot of it's on the taxpayer dime. So that's what the North Dakota Watch. What is the North Dakota Watchdog Group's like official mission? What is it you guys are doing? Uh, we keep an eye on government. We, we keep or try to keep elected officials uh, uh, accountable to the people. We promote lower taxes, less government, less spending, more transparency, more citizen activism, and and uh, oppose efforts by lawmakers to make the initiate measure process more difficult. Well, what came out of this this year's legislative session? I mentioned that I it, to me it seemed like there was a lot of uh, coal legislation this past session. But you know, for somebody who was on it uh, in there on a daily basis, what did you see? Well, they ended up passing the uh, proposed Clean Sustainable Energy Fund program, which is uh, $25 million to start uh, it, and run by a lot of the uh, legacy coal and oil uh, industry leaders. It is that the, the concept that somehow by removing or reducing the CO2 from coal emissions and coal-generated power, that the states that have legally said that they will not buy such power will all of a sudden change your mind. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the provisions uh, were, were kind of wrangled in the last few days. Uh, it, it, after the first two years, it, that fund will have a direct legacy fund, legacy fund earnings formula for funding it. They also uh, gave that fund a $250 million line of credit at the Bank of North Dakota so that they can jump on big projects that they want to uh, throw money into. So they got, they got pretty much everything they wanted, plus some, some uh, tax abatement on uh, both the uh, coal conversion tax and the, the coal severance tax. So they got pretty much what they wanted. Uh, you know, now who's they? There was not the coal industry. Okay, okay. The the the, the uh, players in the coal industry, like that Energy Council, uh, and and then that includes uh, Ron Ness with the Petroleum Council. He was advocating on their behalf with a lot of this because they ultimately believe that if they can sequester that CO two and pump it into the oil wells they can uh, use it to enhance their oil recovery and that will help reduce costs for the oil industry. And, and all of this is going to be on the back of taxpayers. So we're going, we're, we're, we're going to bail out coal and prop up oil and uh, the, the people are going to pay for it via the legacy fund, which is the legacy fund earnings, which is money that could be used in other ways to reduce taxes, but they've decided they're not going to do a lot of that. I emailed the Treasury Department and the Commerce Department about this legacy fund, and they they said they don't know what what's going on except for that they've allocated funds for it. And this was a few weeks ago, a month ago, that type of thing. So I and I, I just thought it was weird that here they allocated these funds from the legacy fund, but they don't have any guidance or any guidelines yet but they it's it's almost like they know where the money's going now they just gotta figure out a way to sell it to everybody have they announced these uh guidelines because 
The couple of people from the state I've reached out to, they've, and, and like I said, the Treasury Department, the Commerce Department, they, they had no idea. They, they didn't have anything to tell me. Well, what do you got? So that, that, that was passed in uh, House Bill 1380, and I could pull that up here and give you a more educated. Well, uh, this was passed like a month answer. ago, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was passed in one chamber, but you know, it's got to go through both chambers plus yeah. the, uh, plus the good, that needs uh, to get signed by the governor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, that was the, the legacy streams bill. So there was, there was 1431 was the plan to, to use the legacy fund, a hundred million dollars uh, every two years to pay for bonding out of the legacy fund. And then there's the other bill to directly appropriate uh, money out of the legacy fund to different purposes um, and and uh, uh, ensure that it goes to different areas. It, it, it's more buckets. You know, all these years, they, they just like to create more and more buckets, as they call them. And... Uh, oh, it's a, yeah, you call it buckets. It's a shell game to where the money just goes to the same people. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's all. I, that's all I'm wondering. Their language. Yeah. Because the legacy fund was supposed to be for the people, and when I started seeing um, the people that were writing the letters to the editor, and all of a sudden, you know, the usual suspects started doing their their check the box lobbyists, and because there's no pushback from the media or anybody else, they get what they want. And I, I'm like, yep. this legacy fund has now changed. And normally, you know, they wait 10 years before they change something. This got changed in less than 10 years. Am I out of line for saying that? Because I, I haven't gone back into my research and, you know, the interviews and the whole lobbyist uh, stumping for the legacy fund when it passed. But for some reason, I don't think that the money where it's going is where it was intended to be. And I'm just going off my memory here. But is, is anybody else talking about that or am I just too soon, too fast? Uh, everybody's talking about this. Ed okay, Schaefer, good. I'm not, today, I, don't, I don't feel that far behind then. Okay. <laughs> Ed, Ed, Ed Schaefer just today was on Rob Port's uh, uh, podcast talking about just that issue. Uh, it was passed by the people in 2010. It was left open-ended, which was probably a mistake. Um, and, and now, uh, you know, the, the whole idea behind the Legacy Fund was to take 30% of all the oil tax funds, stick it away into a savings account, let it grow to a sizable amount, like $30 billion was always the target that I had heard. And then at that point, you can use a billion to a billion and a half a year in interest to offset other costs that are, that are currently being paid for by oil and instead use the interest off of the previously uh, generated funds. Now they are simply going to use it as yet another fund to grow government, to, to pay in some cases, paying for things that other taxes would have paid for. But even when they're doing that, they're not cutting any taxes for regular people. So the average person, other than, you know, people who benefit from the projects that the, those monies go to, is not are not going to see a lot of personal benefits. So people are still going to wonder where's the money going. And when you've got a, a convoluted system where it, it's all designed like 
30% of 25% of the earnings will go to this and 25% of 30% of the earnings will go to that. It, 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 it's just a convoluted formula to divvy out the candy. And, and that's really what we're at is, is it's just another way to, um, to provide legislators with a way to bring home the bacon and, and to provide pork. We're, we're getting into a more porkish system in North Dakota because we have all this money that is not a direct tax revenue uh, source. When it comes from interest on other money, they can say, well, we didn't raise any taxes for this, so we can spend it on whatever we want. Nobody can complain because this isn't their money anymore. And that's the attitude that they have. Yeah, it's quite an ecosystem they have built, you know? And it just seems like it gets bigger and bigger. And it's, uh, it's interesting, man, how, how a lot of this is going on. How it just, does anybody, does, nobody seems to mind in North Dakota, huh? So far, uh, people, people don't pay attention because, you know, it's, it's Republican supermajority. And as long as they have ours behind their name, the average person thinks that they're doing fine, unless it has to do with these cultural issues. You know, you, you've got this culture war inside of the Republican Party right now. Yeah, what's going on with that, by the way? You mentioned something to me about how the rhinos and the elephants and the kangaroos are going at it or something. Yes, yeah, there, there's a lot of those. Um, you've got, you know, for as long as I've been involved, there's always been the conservatives versus the establishment. We call them rhinos, but it was that that term was based off of fiscal issues. The big spenders, we called rhinos. Now, now what's rhino stand for? Rhino is Republican in name only. Republican in name only. Okay. We used to have a term like that at the church. Uh, you know, and it's, yeah. It, oh, yeah, it was, you know, it started as Jezebel and, you know, Charlie Church and all that stuff. But then it eventually got to, uh, they, they go to church for marketing purposes. Looks looks good on there, you know, for, for marketing reasons, yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's that that that's what it sounded like to me when you when you said Republican name only. I'm going okay for business reasons, for marketing reasons. The same reason why why people went to church for a lot of time, a lot of years. Yeah, okay, all right, go on. So you got Republicans in name only. Those are known as rhinos, and then you said the other ones were conservatives. Conservatives and 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 even the conservatives now are two different factions. They're. You've got the fiscal conservatives like me, and then you've got the cultural conservatives, uh, which are the Trump supporter types that want to that, that believe that we shouldn't worry about policy per se. We should only worry about opposing what the Democrats want and supporting what Trump and Trump supporters want. And this is creating this three-way civil war in the Republican Party, where. Uh, on it, it, there's really no unity. The only thing that unifies the Republican Party right now is the hatred for Democrats and and treating your own citizens and your own fellow citizens as if they're the enemy. And and this is part of the problem that we have in America right now. Why things are so divisive, and you know we got to get away from it somehow. But you know it, we need we need real leadership. We we need leaders that are not about themselves. They're not simply there for their own ego uh, and, and that are interested in creating sound public policy for the next 20 to 50 years. What about these buckets you're talking about? I mean, these buckets, 
basically allow allow the establishment to control the marketplace. I'll tell you, man, you go down to Texas and Oklahoma, you'll open your eyes really quick what an entrepreneur is very quickly. Because when you started talking about, you know, fiscal conservative, what, what does that even mean in North Dakota? I mean, seriously, how many real entrepreneurs has North Dakota produced? I'm not talking about government-funded entrepreneurs. I'm talking about legit entrepreneurs, but, you know, wildcats like the, old, like the Texas guys. That's a totally different type of an entrepreneur and a mindset than what I've seen my whole life. I grew up around egg, man. All these egg people, they get, they, they get checks from the government all the time. They're used to bailouts. Yep. I mean, the, the people down in that I met in Texas and in Oklahoma over the past decade – these are people that, I mean, they, they're putting their family heritage on the line for some oil well in the middle of nowhere, wildcat. And now it's all changed from then but because they, they know where the things are. But it's a totally different, it's a different entrepreneur when you got to go out there and sing for your supper and go chase, chase down uh, um, people to pay you instead of getting a check every two weeks two weeks from the government. And that's, that's what I mean. I don't get how the, there's a lot of these uh, uh, fiscal conservatives in North Dakota because there's just not that many. There's, there just not, there's not that. Well, Ed Schaefer, you mentioned Ed Schaefer. Seriously, to, outside of Ed Schaefer, how many self-made millionaires are there? Gary Theraldson? There's not too many. Not too many. But that's yeah, a different there, there topic. And, and, and even Ed Schaefer wasn't a self-made millionaire. Well, his, his dad he was, wasn't he? But his dad was. Yeah. Yeah, his, yeah, dad, his dad was. was. That's what I mean. Gerald was was a self made. So, but but yeah, the 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 idea is, you know, people are fiscally Republicans are fiscally conservative until the industry that they are involved in or that they like the most needs the money, and then they're all about socialism for that industry. Well, that, that that's but where that's I want to bring her back to coal because I mean, now you've got. I mean, listen, you know as well as I do. This was a concerted effort to to figure out a way to subsidize coal, and you know, and and to be fair to to the people in power, it it probably was for the best interest of the people when ninety percent of your power is dependent on coal. And I mean, you know, the the, the communication methods and the strategy of how how to you know make a means to an end is a different as is, is what we're talking about and why we've got some criticism. But at the end of the day. I get where they're coming from, and that, that that's fair, isn't it, Dustin, that they had to figure out some way to keep the lights on, right? Yeah, yeah, they did, and, and the, what, the one thing that they are not willing to talk about is the fact that their own utility companies are the ones that did, did this to them. The, the XLs, the MTUs, all these utility companies that – Beg the federal government to give them these tax credits to, to put up the windmills, and now they've got them up, and the windmills are what are making coal obsolete. And that tied with laws in states like Minnesota where we sell the power to, they don't want the coal power. They're fine with they want the wind power. So the the companies that are involved in the industry did this to the industry itself. Their own tax uh, uh, planning strategies did this. And now the state of North Dakota is going to bail them out because they took the deal from the feds and now they can't make it work anymore in North Dakota. 
and now they got they need more money here. So they get it from both sides of the equation, and and it's like it's like funding both sides of a war. Anything happen in the flaring emissions management that oil companies should probably be aware of? I believe there was a, uh, some some legislation passed that incentivized uh, the collection and, and utilization of on-site conversion. I thought so. Systems. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not up to speed on that, though. Okay, no, no problem. I, I've had a few people email me about that because uh, they're getting the runaround from the state because... There's supposed to be dollars available, and you know you, you know what that means. <laughs> okay, sure, you bet. Do- uh, dollars available and cre- tax credits. You, you gotta do. You gotta spend the money before you can get the tax credit, though. So yeah, they're waiting for somebody to to put in the initial dollars. They might be waiting a long time. Yeah, I know the buy-in's pretty large sometimes. Um, wh- this legacy fund. Talk to me a little bit more about that. What, because that, that's that's primarily oil and gas money, isn't it? Yep, that's, it's entirely oil and gas money. Yeah, and so if if they're changing it up a little bit, I imagine this is gonna this is gonna be be a problem. This is gonna be a problem. Well, the problem is gonna come when they have allocated the earnings for these special projects, and then the, the Revenue from oil and gas tax to the general fund starts to decline, which of course it will, uh, and and that money is no longer available to make up the difference because they're spending it on something else. So the problem with having a pile of cash is that there's the everybody wants to spend it on their things. Now we're going to spend it on their things, and and it's not going to be there when we need to prop up the the, the rest of the budget. And so the, the whole point of the legacy fund was to either make sure that there are no future tax increases or to reduce taxes long-term. And at, if they spend it on things and dedicate long-term uh, dollars out of it, uh, then the money won't be there when we need it. And uh, we'll be right back where we started and we'll, you know, we'll be, have a situation where in 20 years we're going to need to start raising taxes again because they spent all the money and the oil's gone. Here's what bothers me is that when I took a look at some of the things that have passed, first they tried to pass this, this bill that said North Dakota is going to divest from any company that's involved with ESG. And that like passed. And then they, then they had to not pass it because they realized they couldn't do that. Otherwise, you know, Chase, Chase and JP and all the banks would have left North Dakota. You know, everybody that had any money would have left. Right. So they had to do. Yeah. OK. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It was it was something ridiculous like that. Right. Yep. Yep. I, it, it was exactly that. And they converted it into a study. And so it will be a study during the interim committee. They were told I told them that, that it would be impossible to divest from every fund that is ESG-oriented because uh, they all are. Yeah, but they don't and, want to listen to you. You're from the Watchdog Network. <laughs> yeah, you don't have facts. Right. You, you, yeah, all right. you are is a fly on the wall, or a, a, not a fly on the wall, a gnat. Fortunate, fortunately, some of the uh, finance people from the investment office also told them that. So 
they heard it from more than just me, and, and that's how the thing got converted into a study. Right, their boss, their boss told it to them. Yeah, their boss did, right. Um, so, right, the, the, the person in leadership, right, their boss told it to them. Okay, so um, what gets me is that, that that is so thematic of what I'm hearing. And when I get your emails and when I check you know, the different uh, updates from the different bloggers and different legislatures and that sort of thing. I'm seeing a theme here, okay? And this kind of this kerfuffle about not understanding the current reality of ESG and just just accepting and understanding and talking about ESG isn't an evil thing because what you want to do is you want to take control of the narrative of ESG before it gets too far out of, out of whack, because right now they're making an ESG score. All right. It's it's already happening. And it's it's gonna be here soon. The carbon price debate wasn't even a week long. API came out and said, Hey, we're thinking about doing a carbon tax. Nobody said a word except us and DEPA. I haven't heard I didn't I have not heard anyone in an oil and gas leadership role outside of Jerry Simmons with domesticated energy producers of Alliance Alliance. Or Jason Spies with the crude life, if you want to call us in there. We're not paid to do it, but we can throw ourselves in there. We're the only ones that came out with statements against it, uh, saying it's it's kind of kind of a regressionary against the poor and middle class first, and it's not the best solution for what you're trying to accomplish. And all of a sudden, boom, we're done. All of a sudden, now we're just talking about carbon scores and when we're going to get to the next level. Okay, this ESG thing in North Dakota, now the Clean Sustainable Energy Fund, what you described to me does not sound sustainable. And the other example you just gave me with the Legacy Fund doesn't sound sustainable either. So it's almost like this last legislative session could be kind of looked at like they went away from sustainability and to now, I don't even know what you want to call it, because if it's not sustainable, what would you call it? Am I, am I out of line for that 5,000-foot view, by the way? No, no, you're not. And, and the, the folks on the environmentalist left call this greenwashing. Greenwashing, huh? Okay. Yes, yes, that's the, the catchphrase, where you do something in the name of looking like you're green, but you're not actually green. And, and that's the direction we're going. We're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. But even, tax, even uh, on the sustainability uh, side on the legacy fund, they took away that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, on, on, it, on a lot it, of different levels, they're taking away the sustainability. That's why I think it's so interesting about not understanding what the ESG is, because the ESG is just supposed to be a way to think outside the box so you can get sustainable. And yet North Dakota just, nope, we don't want to be at all. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Sorry with your stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're you know, the, there's the GMO and anti-GMO people. Uh, we're, the, we're the lone anti-ESG entity. Like, everybody else is chasing it. Uh, they want their scores higher so they can be in parts of investment blocks. You know, you, you listen to uh, Kevin O'Leary, the guy from Shark Tank. He talks about how uh, he personally is heavily invested in coal, oil, gas, everything, but he will never pitch that in a meeting to outside investors because it's just not allowed anymore. 
And, and so this is what the state of North Dakota is trying to fight against. But guess what? In the, in the big scheme of things, of, of Wall Street and the global economy, uh, North Dakota is, is meaningless. We're a dot. You know, we, we, our, our entire GDP is a rounding error when it comes to what we're talking about. And, you know, they, they, the legislators and industry complain about BlackRock being such a big player and a monopoly. BlackRock controls 60% of the ETFs in the, in the uh, New York Stock Exchange, 60% of the entire invested value. Uh, they are a monopoly. And, and, but guess what? All of your investment funds, all your pension funds, all of the, the entire way that your, your legacy fund is invested in these things to give you the earnings that you're going around and, and squandering. So, uh, there's no way out of it because the, the, the way that, um, things have happened. And, and frankly, uh, a lot of this is because of deregulation of investment such and, and you know which party was for deregulation for all these years, right? It wasn't the Democrats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, chickens are coming home to roost all over the place. And, and this session has, has set up a, a scenario where North Dakota down the road is going to regret not uh, setting things aside the way that they were intended. Uh, it, it is where those of us who supported creating the legacy fund now are already talking about maybe we need to do another constitutional measure to, to prevent the legislature from squandering it because we, they're essentially locked out of the principle unless there's a massive decline in, in the economy. But, you know, maybe we need to lock up 75% of the earnings as well so that that, that fund can grow and be there when we need it. Interesting. Interesting times. So overall, for the energy industry, how how to go? I mean, from a from a regulation standpoint, was a pro industry, and then from a uh, PR standpoint, what do you think? Well, I mean, as far as the industry getting what industry thinks it wants, it's done very well, and that's and that's usually. You know, as long as I've been involved, the energy industry gets 94% of what it wants from the North Dakota legislature. And I would say that this time around is no different. Uh, now, whether what it thinks it wants is actually good for it or the entire state or the entire economy, that's another question. Totally uh, agree with you, by the way. And, and let's, let's pause for a second. That's why I asked you about the PR stuff, because what I've been trying to educate people for the last two years is that the general public is regulating the industry now because the oil and gas industry had a very good relationship with the government for 20, 30 years. In fact, a lot of government, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of oil and gas departments were called government affairs. Okay. That's how, I mean, there's not a, there's not a lot of other companies that have departments called government affairs. Okay. So, And, and, you know, for for I'm not here to judge that. I'm here to say that's what happened. So they were used to having this very close working relationship. And you know what? To be honest, maybe that was good. And maybe that because when you have 96% of your daily life relying on oil and gas products, well, sometimes hard decisions need to be made. And 
greater good, blah, 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 right? Okay, so whatever. That's, that's neither here nor there. Because where we're at today is Greta Thunberg and her army of acolytes run the show. And whoever, you know, whoever came up with the uh, Senate Bill 181 in Colorado runs the show. And the, the, these can come out of nowhere. I live in Fargo. I mean, I talked to somebody the other day. They own a coffee shop. They're from western North Dakota and eastern Montana. The guy worked for an oil company for 10 years. His wife is from Williston. Her parents still live there. When they first moved to Fargo, eight, 10 years ago, no, eight years ago, they were really proud about being from western North Dakota and working in the oil patch. Well, then they got the Fargo wrinkle. They call it the wrinkling of the nose, the Fargo wrinkle, you know. I called it the, you know, Fort Collins boulder, look over your shoulder before you say you work in oil and gas. They got the kind of the you. And so I, people in the West don't know that. They don't feel that every day, you know, that you can't even say what industry you work in because you're now the new dirty, you know, dirty ilk of society. Well, you're the new leper. You're the new smoker. I've been, that's what I've been trying to tell people, you know, you're big tobacco now, but anyway, uh, that's, yeah. that, that, that's where I was coming from. What did, what did you mean by that? I guess. Well, it, it's been my experience. And, and the example that I would point to is, uh, in, in these, in these hearings, uh, regarding the coal industry, uh, what we heard from the power utilities like Minkota was that uh, they need a carbon market, a, ca- a carbon tax, or not, like, some sort of a carbon market where they, like a stock market. And, you know, 10 years ago, all of these power, coal and oil, everybody was all against that. You know, it was, they were, it was cap and trade. Now, they've gotten to the point where they now are for it because their business model requires it because they want to, they want to have a value to the carbon and both on the negative and the positive side. So, you know, industry thinks that it knows what it wants one day and 10 years later, it wants the opposite. Uh, that's what I meant by that is, is that the, the, the reactionary opposition to these things, eventually flips when the bean counters get involved because the bean counters are the ones that actually know where to go, what's going on. And, you know, they know that, Hey, we need something like this to work. It would help us. And all of this, it's just, you know, it just goes to show that no matter what a, a, a business is, is for publicly, that's not necessarily what they're for privately. And, you're also seeing, and this is a much larger topic that, that I don't know if you've gotten into in the past, but big business is becoming uh, more aligned with the Democrats than Republicans because the biggest enemy of big business is small business. And if you have big business that wants to grow, the best thing for them is for higher minimum wages, higher benefit requirements, and higher taxes. Big businesses can handle those three things. Small businesses can't. So what, so what party is for those three things? Democrats. So eventually big businesses are going to get more and more publicly aligned with Democrats in order to push the small businesses out. Because a lot of these businesses, these large businesses are capped on how big they can grow as long as there are some or any 
small businesses are competing with them. So big business is going to be more considered a Democratic thing than a Republican thing because they want to use the power of government to get rid of their competition. Interesting. Very, very interesting that's, stuff. That's a, that is a big, big topic that is going around in certain circles right now. It's, it's not really a mainstream discussion point yet, but in 10 years, it'll be obvious that you know, companies like Walmart, Amazon, uh, you know, Kohl's, Target, they're all for $15 minimum wage because they can afford it. It's, it's the guy, the little shop on Main Street that can't afford it. There's no question about they're trying to squeeze out the small business. They're trying to they're trying to hemorrhage them out on the vine with the you know the twelve hundred dollar Biden buck and Trump bucks or whatever you want to call it, while the big guys yep. get paid out first. Oh yeah, this is this is by design. I mean, what's really irritating for a lot of people, like in that I've been hearing, because there's a lot of people leaving North Dakota. I've actually I've talked to a half a dozen. Owners of companies that have moved down to Texas because they think there'll be maybe three, four operators by the end of the year in North Dakota, and that's it because they'll just be, yeah, just that's that's the way that's the way it's going because the government's controlling the marketplace so much, and now that they're opening up tax dollars to get uh, you know mission and management uh, flaring taken care of, all these guys that have been busting their ass for the last ten years trying to get companies to bite and trying to get the state to give them money, this and that. Well, now the state's coming back with the companies they've handpicked to educate them on how to do it. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. When, when, when they're using your knowledge and your ideas back at you to try to say, now we're going to tell you how to do it and use your money too, that's really frustrating. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we see that time and again. That, that oh, it's ruthless. It's just flat out ruthless, really. But sorry, I get passionate. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on. And we are living through the greatest political realignment since the 30s and 40s right now. Uh, things in 10 years, you and I will not recognize the parties that are in, that are that exist. Uh that the, the alliances and the coalitions are, are going to be all different. There's, there's fiscal conservatives will have no party. Uh, the business, the big business will be uh, Democrat. Small business will be Republican. Uh, and and then you have the populists. If, if populist groups stay in control, they're going to be able to team up with the Democrats to, to do certain things that are populist. And you're going to see things going in directions that we would have never imagined 10 years ago. Like the, the exact opposite of what the Tea Party was about is what we're going to see. I think right now what the communists, China went through, and I'm being totally serious when I say this, and I'm not being a tinfoil hat person or anything along those lines. What I think is happening right now is when communist China went through their essential workers era when they when 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 they're identified this is a true story folks look it up essential workers that's what they were called in china i'm sorry russia russia when russia was going through their communist and um communism they were identifying what the essential workers were but over there they were identifying the trades 
you know, the, the grocery store worker, the cheese maker, the, the plumber, you know, those were the type of essential workers they were identifying. I think that they know it now. Now they're identifying who the essential workers are. Okay, that guy, he does whatever we say. He Keep paying him a good salary no matter what happens. Because we, we live in a day and age where merit doesn't matter anymore. Like take North Face, for example. Um, that's a popular one for oil and gas. So North Face is out refusing business because an oil and gas company wanted a couple hundred, you know, jackets. Well, if, if you're in a pandemic and you can be picky and choosy about business, times are good. Especially if you're getting yeah. bailed out by the government and the government's okay with it. We're, we're in a day and age where the government is just going to bail out the too big to fail and the people that they want to, to give the money to. And that's what I mean. Like, it's like they're picking the essential workers and then the rest of us can just go work minimum wage because that's, yeah. that's what it's there for. Go, go. Well, I'm telling you pretty soon, that's the next wave next year. I already predicted it. I got on my oil drum as the shale play prophet and predicted it. Next year, there, there, there's going to be a kind of a big underbelly sh- uh, shaming campaign that small business owners who are bitching about, you know, not getting their 15th uh, government stimulus for 100 grand um, or, uh, or a million bucks or whatever it might be, why they just don't go work at Costco, why they just don't go drive Uber Eats. There's a ton of jobs out there. Well, trust me, they're, they're going to be advertising how many jobs are out there. What they're not going to tell you is that they're $15 an hour jobs, which in today's day and age is minimum wage. Right, right. And that's how it's always been. I mean, North Dakota has been bragging about 30,000 jobs for the last 15 years. And, you know, uh, those jobs, they don't, number one, a lot of those are duplicates that they count like seven times. They're going by listings, not actual jobs. A lot of them are just uh, companies that are accepting resumes but not actually hiring people. And then the rest of them are low-end, menial jobs that are not for people with educations, so, and or at least not in the old days where for people with education. Now, you know, it's it, you're if, if you get a bachelor's degree and you're out of college, you're supposed to be happy that you got a ten-dollar-an-hour job. And, and that's just not how it was sold to everybody that, you know, you, you could, when I was in high school in the late nineties, uh, we were told you would, you will never amount to anything unless you have that four year degree. Well, there's no jobs for those people unless they're very specialized, you know, unless you're an accountant in the tax business, there's plenty of jobs for them, but for the rest of the society, if you just got a regular old degree, uh, you're kind of uh, SOL. Well, you're behind the eight ball. It's definitely keeping you behind when you're making your student loan payments for 20 years and trying to, you know, just basically do a job that you could have got right out of high school anyways. That's a, yeah, that's a whole different podcast for a different day and interview and this and that. So, well, how can people uh, get in uh, touch with you if they want to give you a tip because I know you like to get tips as a, I don't know if you do a whistleblower hotline or anything like that, but I know you like to get tips and I know you also like to get tips in terms of money. So how can people uh, sponsor you and make sure that you get, you get paid for the good work you do there with the North Dakota watchdog network. They can check out our website at watching They can sign up for our newsletter. 
Uh, we do have a tip line uh, button on for, for both donations and issues. Uh, if you know of something that's going on, let us know. I've got about six things that came through my uh, inbox over the legislative session that, that uh, I haven't been able to act on. One of them from our friend Mike uh, that I got to get after uh, here pretty quick. And uh, yeah, there's always work, you know, politicians and government, they, they, there's no lack of work when it comes to keeping an eye on them. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Jason Space. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that, that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Dr. Lauren Scott, energy expert and economist, as well as Professor Emeritus at Louisiana State University. This is Dr. Lauren Scott. This is an administration that's very uh, anti-internal combustion engine. They are very much against the internal combustion engine. The person that he put into the head of the Department of Interior, Deb Halen, is very much a strong uh, Green New Deal person. She wants to do away with the internal combustion engine. She wants to stop all drilling and permitting on uh, federal lands and waters, lands being very important to you guys, waters being very important to us. Uh, So he is putting people in places of power that have bought fully into the climate change. As a result, they're really pushing very hard against the internal combustion engine. So uh, the people in states like your state, my state, Texas, 
to some extent Colorado and also within the Pennsylvania area. This is not this is not Oklahoma. This is not happy news for us. Just seems like they're going to be really almost getting people to rely on public transportation and a number of different things. Just the, the, reading the tea leaves is all I'm getting at. Is it just seems like yeah, this well, is really ramping up? Yeah, well, it is ramping up, and and I think the only way they're going to be able to get people to start using EVs more and more is to force them. To listen to the full-length interview with Dr. Lauren Scott, Professor Emeritus at Louisiana State University and President of Lauren Scott & Associates, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts by clicking on our social media tab. We have the YouTubes, the Facebooks, even the Twitters are now at thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies asking and always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, There are, and and let me just say this, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It, it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, the grid operator is projecting that nearly three million homes in Texas uh, are without power today uh, and, and there's... It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't... 
I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Hector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Hector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that, that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle a, 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 the, you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now it, you know, there's gonna be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half the gigawatts went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, generators, these generators, or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas, on a on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? J.P. Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by It Takes an Industry to Build a Forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. 